Hey, dear sister, it's me again. I have been loving this new term, life is lifing, or life be lifing. I know some of you, dear sisters, get what I'm saying, right? Like life be lifing, or life is lifing. When all your plans go to the left, and by the way, why do we say go to the left? Or why do we say negative things go to the left and positive things go to the right? <laughs> Yeah, why do we say that? Anyway, life has been lifing in my household and it's been for real, like really, really real. Um, there's a lot that's happening. And yes, when we say life be lifing, I am all for it, especially when you have little ones like me with my six-year-old and so on and so forth and my 12-year-olds. They are little. Well, not 12-year-old is not little, but my six-year-old. So. <laughs> today's episode as i i am the planner in me and all that was planned for release in a couple of weeks because i wanted to focus on the heart transformation series that we have been on and thank you for all of those uh dear sisters who are listening and have sent so much you know positive encouragement and feedback i really appreciate you so thank you for that um, the heart transformation series, yeah, that we are in, but life be life in, seriously. And so my six-year-old decided to get some germy germs, if you know what I mean, germy germs. <laughs> and that has now extended to some members of the household, which has meant yours truly, Chief Joy Activator Kate, has been doing all the unpaid roles, right? You know what I mean. Waiter, nurse. Doctor, yes, doctor, because at some point he was misdiagnosed and I had to step in and be like, uh-uh, he got what I know my daughter got when she was young. So please check it out. And everything in between. So I have been caught in this time of just doing all things. And because of that, I hadn't had the time this week to dedicate to the normal research and writing the episode four, uh, episode uh, three, which would be part of the series for heart transformation. I haven't been able to do that. But, you know, life life be life in, but also God is who he is. And I have so much peace that months ago when he said I needed to stack up on recordings for with guests, I was like, yes. So when all this life has been life in, I was like, wow, it comes at the right time because, you know, this month is also special to me and probably some of you watching or listening because it's also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so besides me trying to coerce bribe, threaten, and all the stuff in between with my six-year-old to get him to drink amoxicillin or whatever you call that drug, antibiotic. And him just was like, and me spending 30 minutes, y'all, almost 30 minutes on one dose. <laughs> your girl, your sister is exhausted. And so I said, you know what? It comes at the right time, and I'm glad that I listened to the Holy Spirit. And so today's episode that you're going to hear is right on time, and it is in honor of this month being Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Normally, at Godly Woman and Company, 
we raise awareness during this month and also in April when it's Sexual Assault Awareness Month, we raise awareness through partnerships and events, but in an unlikely year where God was telling us to retreat, to recharge, which we had to obey, we halted all events. All events on the calendar were halted. And we cleared our calendar so that we could do exactly what he was asking us to do. So I am thankful that this conversation with my dear sister and friend uh, is, is filled with richness and depthness. And it's just what we all need when it comes to this month. The conversation is good. It is so good. And I am releasing it in two episodes. And so listen to this part one and immediately go to part two because she's only the only um, uh, guest that I've actually had to go beyond an hour and 30 minutes. So that tells you it's really good. Before we get to the episode, all right, drum roll, please. The website for the retreat, dubbed the Wellspring Life Retreat, is live, y'all. It is live, and I am so excited because it's been a, a lot of nights trying to get everything ready for you. And so far, we have 14 registrations. And y'all, it's 15 to 20 Christian women. So we have 14 registrations. It can only be God. It can only be God. And I am immensely grateful to everyone who has pre-registered without knowing the price, without knowing the details, without knowing how, whatever, especially the price, you went ahead and you're like, I'm going to trust this girl <laughs> with my heart. But most importantly, I'm going to trust God through this girl with my heart. <laughs> And it is God's grace. It is everything that God has told me and my team to do. And so thank you so much for pre-registering. The website is live and you can go to godlywomanandcompany.org forward slash retreats with an S for all the details. And for those who pre-registered, we're going to email you directly with the link and everything that you need to kind of scout through the information, read the terms and conditions, read all about your lodging and all that stuff. And let's get going because January is going to be a sister time. <laughs> and I am personally calling this retreat the gift. And it's the gift because one of my dear sisters was talking to me about it. And, you know, I said, this is a gift because it is ministry before money or business. It's not about, you know, how much Kate can make or Godly Woman and Company can make. And all. it's not about that. It is purely ministry and then business. That's why it's a gift. And maybe someday I'll get to explain to you what I mean by the gift. But for now, it is truly a gift. And you will know what, I, what I'm saying when you get to the website. For anyone blessed to join us, it is a gift from my heart to yours and from the Lord's heart to yours. And this is a retreat where you are not bunking, okay? And you are not twin bedding. That's a big one when it comes to women's retreat. You're not in a, a, bed, a, bed, a bunk bed and you're not you know, sharing rooms with three, four, five people. So when I say it's a gift, I want you to take that for what it is and let the Lord lead your heart to your registration. And you get so much more. You will see it when you get to the website. 
it is truly a gift and a blessing. And the retreat is about the wellspring of your heart, your life. And um, it is time for us to, you know, get that intimacy with Jesus right. We have to get it right. The dates have been what it is. We modified it slightly. So now it's January 18th through January 21st in Atlanta, Georgia. It is so close to the airport, but it is so secluded and the location is beautiful. On the website, you will see all the information about lodging, details, and pricing, and additional details will be unveiled in the coming month, such as the agenda, FAQs, and guest speakers. Yes, there'll be guest speakers, and like I said, that's it's a gift this time. So I want you to take advantage of it, okay? Um, and so much more in store for you to join 14 to 19 other Christian women who desire to get close or closer with Jesus and to kind of prepare your heart for 2024. So gift yourself that. Oh, so from Liberia, West Africa, to Ghana, West Africa, to the United States of America and all the blizzard stops in between. My dear sister and friend and guest today is an inspiration to me personally. And after hearing her message today, she will be yours too. Trust me. Yeah, you can trust me. Although the Bible says trust no man. So y'all, let me rephrase that because trust me, but if I disappoint you, please forgive me. <laughs> I want you to meet Kimberlyn our Abbey. And she is a public speaker, advocate for women, girls. And she is also a public administrator and public policy advocate. She is a global champion for women and girls initiatives. When not in mission or on mission, Kim, as I lovingly call her, but you can call her Kimberlyn, um, is blessed to serve her family and church family, which is Victory Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Kim stated when I asked her a question, she said, everything on paper culminates to the fact that I love God. Oof. Here are some nuggets that Kim will inspire you to meditate on. You cannot walk in shame because of who you believe you are. Believe who God says you are. Don't just play church. Be the church. Keep setting good examples to help the person that God has sent into your life to help. There is a shift in heaven, and I love this one. We talked about it. There is a shift in heaven when a daughter's heart shifts from controlling the situation to saying, God, you control the situation. Mm -hmm. Trusting God with your heart is sheer safety. Have the courage to be who God has purposed you to be fully. Worship is a powerful practice to invite thankfulness into your heart. The posture of our heart is important when adversity happens. When you posture your heart in the presence of Jesus, it will be nurtured. Obedience opens your eyes to see the source of your blessing. Ooh, I love that. The point of agreement about what Jesus says is your point of power. I really want you to think on that. The point of agreement about what Jesus says is your point of power. Ooh. You have access to God when you develop intimacy through the Holy Spirit. 
and train your mind to see yourself the way Jesus does. We had a great conversation, which I know you will enjoy too. And remember, as always, I want you to choose to be free, choose to live free, choose to stay free, being faithfully renewed, encouraged, exceptional women and men of God. Until next time, may God's goodness and mercy follow you always. And remember, heal people, heal people. So go into the world and heal someone today and choose to live free. I love you. And here is part one episode and part two episode of 59 and episode 60. And I want you to enjoy the conversation with my beautiful sister, Kimberly Abby. Let's go. <laughs> I'm not sure the world is ready, Kate. <laughs> we'll well, I'm, I'm ready and I'm going to try and get them ready. So, okay. About to, it's already recording, but I'm about to, you know, get. Switch. <laughs> oh, this is going to go, Kate. You got to stop laughing. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. 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 All right. So, okay. <clears throat> here we go. You ready? ready. Yeah. Hey, everyone. This is Kate Ekokadezi, and it is great to have you listening. I have with me today. Oh, and by the way, y'all, there's a video now. So you get to watch who I'm about to <clears throat> talk to today <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> but I have with me one of my dearest friends and sister from nowhere else by the wonderland of Victory Church. <laughs> but most importantly, the wonderland of Africa. Hello. Like, hello. <laughs> West and, Africa, to be precise. Yes, West Africa, yeah. to be precise. And uh, I am so happy to have her here today. You know, I told her a while ago when I started the podcast, like, you're coming on, you're coming on. And finally, so to all my friends who I've told, you're coming on, you're coming on. You never know. So get ready. She means it. <laughs> she really does mean it. <laughs> but she's here to tell us all about, you know, her journey, um, her love for the Lord, the things that the Lord has placed on her heart to do. I know about her ministry and she's going to talk about that. And basically all around awesome when it comes to her journey, being a wife, a mom, a friend, a sister, all those good things that we want to see mm -hmm. in a godly woman. So without further ado, and I've been kind of told to try and, you know, not laugh too much because when I laugh, she laughs, y'all. And you know how it goes when I laugh. So <laughs> it's contagious. <laughs> so, we'll try and be serious around here. Okay. We're going to be serious. We're going to be serious. So mm -hmm. without further ado, beautiful sister, go ahead and introduce yourself to the ladies. And gentlemen, I have some men listening to so. Oh, hey. Well, hello, family. Um, I'm Kimberlyn, and I was born in Liberia, West Africa. And I'm a wife, a mom, um, but most importantly, I'm a daughter of God. And um, having gone through so much 
I am grateful to say that um, I'm saved, I'm redeemed, and I love God. And I love doing the work that he's called me to do. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> I love God. Yes. A few, a few uh, podcast episodes ago, probably just the last one, or the one before, I my 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 the podcast uh, episode title is God Grit and Good Grace. And today, literally today, when I was getting ready for church, I had to do something in the kitchen. So I was in the kitchen, and I am somebody who likes to dream ahead and kind of mm-hmm. rehearse some stuff. So I was thinking about a speaking engagement that I have, and I was like imagining myself in front of the crowd, and yeah. I was like, I love God. Is it okay mm. to say that around here? Like, is it okay yeah. for me to say that I love God? Yeah. And just hearing you say that, yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I love <Yeah>. it. <sighs> I, I, you know, I, it's funny because um, I went to a meeting last week and same thing. They asked me to introduce myself and I said the same thing because I, you know, and it's easy to go off of, all of our accolades, right? The the thing that's on the paper that mm-hmm. says who we are. Mm-hmm. But I think when when I've come to learn that even just saying that, mm-hmm. just to me, it says everything that I am on paper culminates to the fact that I love God. And because I love him, I don't necessarily have to say how many degrees I have, or, you know, um, I can just simply say, I love God. And you can either want to go deeper or you can just say, Oh, okay. And we move on to something else. (laughs) So it's all how people feel about it, but that's, that's just me. (laughs) That's just you. I was, I was updating my LinkedIn um, last week and I put in the, you know how, you know, the the career world, the professional yeah, world yeah. can be with, you know, you have to separate God and everything else. Yeah. And I have learned not to separate him from my career. I, I, yeah. I can't, I can't. Like people yeah. in my company, they know that at some point he's going to come out of my mouth and all that yeah. stuff. Because I do believe that if you are able to tell me about your beliefs, I should be able to tell you about my beliefs yeah. and just as you don't want me to be offended by what you believe in, I really don't want yeah. you to be offended when I say yeah. the name of God, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think for me, I, I've come to learn that, you know, it's even more than that because when Jesus says, um, if you if you make me known before men, I will acknowledge you before the Father, right? Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that we cannot walk in shame because of what we believe or who we oh. are, oh. right? It's yes. that it's it's okay. Now, like I said before, they don't have to respond when you say, I love God. But for me, it's okay because I I want them to know who I am. You know, I want them to, if, if even if they don't ask me anything else, but they'll be thinking about the fact that, oh, I just had a conversation with Kimberlyn and she made that statement. Absolutely, I want you to, to know that. Because somewhere down the line, I can guarantee that you'll come back to me and want to have a conversation about that statement that I made. Mm-hmm. 
So I always like to put that out there because I know that it's going to touch, it's going to like poke something. Mm -hmm. And I love what, how you put it, which is who I am. This yeah. is a part of who I am, probably yeah. the greatest part of who I am, right? Absolutely. And it is important that I make known to you who I am and yeah. what makes me, what makes you gravitate to this person that you see. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not just Absolutely. by my strength. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. so, so y'all, you see, she's, she just went right in. And one thing that she said, it reminded me of the Bible verse in Matthew, um, you know, when the great commission, basically, we all know that hopefully yeah. most of us um, yeah. to go out and make fishes of men, make disciples. Right. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes would think about all the different assignments that God has given us. In yeah. there somewhere needs to be that avenue for us to continue to make these disciples. Yeah. So when we start to obey the call of God on our lives and we start to do the things that he's called us to do, when yeah. do you think we disregard this great commission and start to focus on our own desires? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, so, you know, Unfortunately, the world and and you know I I'm so I'm so grateful that you know we attend a church that teaches us mm -hmm. Bible that we don't just you know we don't play church we actually are the church right mm -hmm. and it teaches us Bible so when we're talking about going out and and you know being disciples of Christ or making disciples um, I think the world will have us to believe that if we did that, if we stepped out, right, um, then it's, oh, you know, it's that, oh, look at her trying to be extra, whatever, whatever, or look at him thinking that he has it all made or whatever. It's not necessarily that, you know. Um, I had a conversation with my, with my son the other day because we were having a conversation and you know, he said something to me, he was like, we were talking about money. And I always like to teach him, you know, to understand how money works, you know. Mm -hmm. And so he said, well, you know, our money, I said, no, no. <laughs> Son, it's my money. <laughs> but, but, but even in teaching him, um, sometimes the way that he receives it, it takes him a while for him to get it but but the lesson is still going to go on regardless i think for us at when we're talking about becoming disciples and making disciples it's understanding that okay i know not everyone is going to receive it and even if they do receive it it's not going to be like first and foremost it's going to maybe click maybe three after three or four conversations but you have to keep setting examples and teaching the lessons that you know God wants you to teach to that person. So however you relate to that person in helping them to come to know Jesus and to, to walk their own walk, um, I think that's what we're called to do, mm -hmm. not necessarily to push people away from the faith, but to draw them in. How we draw them in, I think it's where the whole discipleship thing happens because it's not, you know, it's not a one touch point thing. And then oh, all of a sudden Kate is now, uh, now a disciple of Jesus. I think mm -hmm. it's, it's in how we walk out discipleship with each other that makes us either say yes or no. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can we can we can be good at it mm-hmm. and then sometimes we can be bad at it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just you know, God will have you walk with that person and you get to that point and he's like, okay, your time now is over. Move on to the next person. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I, we met, my husband and I met a couple years ago. We met a couple and they were, didn't know Jesus, had never held a Bible, mm-hmm. um, didn't know anything about what it meant to be, to love Jesus. And so we invited them to church. And they came to church and of course, seeing, seeing community and seeing like worship and all of those things, it was all new to them. Um, But the husband struggled with it more than the wife. The wife wanted it more than the husband did. Right. Mm -hmm. So we walked with them through, we, we, we invited them to forward. My husband and I had taken already taken forward, but we decided to take it again with them so that Mm -hmm. we could walk with them through it. Mm -hmm. Right walk with them through it, um, got them to go to a membership class, all of the things that they were desiring, we did with them. And, and so one, you know, we, we went on vacation and we took them with us. Mm. <laughs> and the last day, because the whole time, so my husband and I decided we were going to buy them devotional mm-hmm. to gift them on this trip. And so he he got a devotional for the guy and I got a devotional for the lady. And so we gifted, you know, we gave it to them when we got to this to this place. And we just encouraged them to just spend time reading, not necessarily that we needed to do Bible study. We were on vacation, like, you know, we'd go out and, and do whatever. But I remember the last day of our trip, the day before, no, the actual day we were leaving to come back home. She asked me if I would lead her to Christ. Mm. And I tell you, that was one of the most, like, I could not stop crying because I was like, wow, God, if nothing else, the entire journey has led up to this moment, which is Mm -hmm. our discipleship, right? Led up Mm -hmm. to this moment. And now here she is fully committing her life to Christ. And I led her to Christ. We left the, ho- the hotel, got on a plane, and came back to the U.S. And and then they kind of just dwindled. You know, they just kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. But not fell off in the fact that they 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 didn't want to know Jesus anymore. But my job was over. Mm-hmm. What I had to do with her was over. So I think it's just understanding that, you know, walking with people, it's, it's seasonal. And then learning how to hear God in the process of walking mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. And even when you look at the life of um, Jesus and the disciples he had, there yeah. were various levels of faith yeah. that they had. Absolutely. And they Absolutely. walked with him. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and he, I think we forget that sometimes, though, Kate, because when yeah. we think about, you know, people that we're like, even if you have a group of women that you're with, you all cannot be on the same level. Mm. Because if you are, if we're all on the same level, who's going to help the other person to grow? Mm-hmm. Right. So somebody might be 25 years into their faith where somebody else is like six months, mm-hmm. but the six month person can still say something that a 25 year person Oof. can glean from. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So our faith walk is different and we just have to be flexible with, with, with not seeing the person, but seeing, the seeing the process of what God is doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah the, the anointing that God has placed on us. 
the gift that we have to be able to understand his word. Um, I can, I can read one scripture and I will get a, an interpretation. You read the same yeah. scripture and you get an, another interpretation and we get yeah. to talk about it, right? We get to talk yeah. about it. So yeah. What a great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, so, you know, I typically want to break down the story of who the person is and what their journey has been. And mm. you've kind of touched on a few things, but let's give, you know, the, the dear sisters something for them to kind of walk along with, with you. So go ahead. I know you love God. You said it right from the beginning, but let's see, um, you know, with your journey and your faith work and life in general, um, describe when you truly, cause I got a history, you got a history. We've done things. My birthday, one of my dear sisters, she's one of my close friends. She she was like, she's in my small group. She said, I was going to post this picture in the small group. Actually, I did post it in our WhatsApp group. And then I took it down because I said, oh, she might get offended. And so I asked, I said, what picture? She said, the one that you were in the blue dress. I said, oh, my 25th birthday, the one that was on the table. Him, I was in a blue, sexy dress, Listen, standing on the table in the club. Getting it in, right? BC, before Christ. Right. I told her, I said, you can post whatever you want. Absolutely. Because there's even, there's even room in there to talk about what Jesus did in that moment. <laughs> I said, I got drunk that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just by the grace of God, okay? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so describe your breaking free season when you realized it was Jesus or not, nothing at all. Like nobody can really give you this freedom that you knew you needed. Mm. Wow. So, um, so I was married before and, um, I was in California. Uh, my ex-husband was in the military, so we were stationed in California and we were going through this really, really tough season. Um, he was actually deployed at the time and things were just not right with us and <clears throat> I had been praying for months prior and just asking God to fix what was wrong, right? Because I wanted to stay. Um, um, he had already checked out of our marriage. And <clears throat> so I remember just driving home one day from work and I was just sobbing in my, in, in my car and just crying, just, you know, God, just, you know, like fix all the things, fix all the things. And I'm having this moment. And I remember pulling up into my parking lot and I, and clear as day, I heard the Holy Spirit say, well, what if he's not the one to fix it? And I was like, oh, okay. Cause I literally thought I heard someone <laughs> talking to me. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, like with like, 
I immediately stopped crying and I said, okay, God, if he's not the one, then I need you to help me, like, because I don't know how to do it. Like, you have to help me walk away from this. You have to help me because I cannot. And I, like, I sat in that car for maybe another 30 minutes. I parked my car and I sat in my car and I just sat there and I just, and, and the, and the cry became, thank you. Mm. Because I, you know, I felt like I had, I had worn out the, the begging and the pleading and all of that. Right. So when I heard God speak, it shifted. So now I was in this place where I was like, okay, I, I surrender it all to you. I don't know what to do. I don't, and, and I can preface this by saying my faith wasn't even that strong, mm-hmm. right? I knew who God was, but I, it wasn't a, that strong then. So my cry to him in that moment was help me to help me to now that you've spoken this, I need you to help me figure out how to walk it out because I don't know. And I tell you the next few months, I saw God move in my life like I've never seen him before. Like my heart shifted from depending on man, not not necessarily a man, but like human man, right? Human. Shifting from depending on man to depending on him. Um, realizing that the, 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 the tiredness and the weariness and all of the things that I was feeling, I, I, I didn't have control over those things, right? Um, my doctor prescribed, um, because I, I was so depressed, my doctor prescribed three months worth of depression medication for me and told me to take it one time a day. Mm-hmm. And I took that bottle of medication and I put it down on my table and I said, God, unless you are not God, will I take one pill? And I never took one pill. But I decided that I was going to trust him through my process and pray for him to help me to help me get on the other side. And I tell you, when I got when I got through that season, that's when it's like I had this renewed love um, for Jesus that no one can tell me that he does not. Like, if you tell me God did not exist, I would fight you. Mm-hmm. Like. You know, because of what I what I saw him bring me from. You know what I'm saying? So that that season was one of the toughest seasons mm-hmm. for me, but it drew me closer to God, mm-hmm. um, and it it taught me to not rely on even my own self, what I knew or what I thought, but to just um. So let the Holy Spirit just kind of lead me, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and in that I found myself again. Mm-hmm. Now, was this here in the you said California, so you had already been here mm-hmm. um, when the situation happened. Yeah. And, you know, it's I, I wrote down there is a shift in heaven when a daughter's heart shifts from I am controlling the situation to God yeah. control this situation. And yeah. in that it was humility and your heart yeah. was ready to be taught teachable. I, I, I had no choice. Mm-hmm. Like I literally had no choice because one, 
Um, I only had one other family member in San Diego. So mm -hmm. I was there by myself, right? Mm -hmm. So I couldn't just run. And I mean, I had friends, but they were people that I met at work and we got to know each other. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't just, I couldn't just run to anyone. And I, I didn't feel like I could trust I could trust anyone with my heart like that, right? So I knew that the only place that I could land where my heart would be one completely safe and I would be safe enough to like surrender was to God. And I think once I did that, um, that's where I found, that's where it kind of just, things just kind of just started to, to turn around for me. And I felt like, okay, now I'm on this path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, so, you know, you mentioned earlier that, you know, even my faith was not that strong before. Yeah. And as you were talking and you're saying that at that moment, I give thanks to the Lord. When people are going through suffering and in Hebrews chapter 12, towards the end, after God talks about, you know, him being a consuming fire and all that. Mm -hmm. In his word, he talks also about in everything, everything, okay. we should give thanks, right? Yeah. When people are going through suffering, it, it, it's hard for yeah. that thankfulness to come. Absolutely. But the moment for you where you were able to utter those thank yous to the Lord yeah. is when your heart was softened, when you actually Absolutely. gave him your heart yeah, and you trusted that. There's nobody yeah. else I can give my heart to but him. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we we always get this. <laughs> I remember I was at a job and um and God told me to leave that job. But the people that I worked for, they didn't they didn't understand how I would just walk away because I just can't, you know, I just I just told them I said, you know. Um, I feel like it's my time. My season here is over and, you know, it's time for me to leave. And they couldn't understand it. And so one of the, one of the leaders asked me, she's like, well, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to, like, how are you going to, like, are you guys going to be okay? How are you going to, you know, how are you going to be financially and all of that? And, and I mean, you know, without even thinking, I, I said to her, I said, listen, um, I know you know this, but I'm going to remind you of, of how I got here. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm a survivor of a civil war. I have been homeless, hungry. Um, I've had nothing. I have, I've, I have everything. Like there's no, there's nothing that can possibly happen to me that I have not already experienced. So leaving this job, I promise you, I'm not going to die. <laughs> because if death was gonna happen for me, it would have it happened would have... for me during that war when I when I almost died. But it didn't because God had something for me. So mm -hmm. I, I said, my husband and I are gonna be fine. Mm -hmm. And if you see me and you want to give me a cup of rice, you can give me that cup of rice. I will eat it. But don't think that <laughs> don't think that I'm gonna die because I promise you, I'm not. I I, I ain't no prideful now not to take a cup of rice. I'll no, take I will take rice. your rice from you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, you know for context for those listeners who probably do not know what you're referring to by civil war i do and probably some of um 
my African friends and those who know about the Liberian civil war, they know that, but for context, give them, you know, a preview, like uh, people, y'all can Google this, so we're not going to do any history here, (laughs) but give them a context of what you mean by civil war. Mm. Wow. So, um, so in 1989, December, 1989. Um, so like I said, I was born in Liberia, right. And, um, we had had, you know, little instances here and there in the country where, you know, there was little scares because people wanted to overthrow the government and different things like that. And it was never really um, something that, you know, we we worried about because there always was normalcy after that, you know, incident. So in 1989, um, when this what we thought was a coup, like, you know, what would be like a short little whatever. When it started, um, nobody really thought much about it. We thought about it, but we didn't really think about it. But then um, Christmas passed, we get back to school, and things just started to turn really bad, right? People started to lose their lives. Um um, I lost my father in the war. He was killed. Um, and so my mom had to figure out a way to get three girls out of the country. Mm. And um, we lost everything. We um, ended up uh, we ended up sleeping um, in so we we had to evacuate our home and walk for about, we walked for about a day, right? A total of 24 hours. We walked for about a day and got to this other town. And it was my grandmother, my mom, my sister, so my two sisters, myself, and a cousin of mine and my neighbor and her daughter. The neighbor, and we were all women in our group, right? So the neighbor she had a broken, um, her knee was, um, she had just had surgery on her knee, so she couldn't walk. So she had to be carried on. My mom refused to leave her because she, she was like, what, what, you know, what's going to happen with her? So we took her with us. Um, but nine women in a group. And the second day of our walking, we stopped to get, so we stopped to get some, a drink of water. And the guy who was handing out water, he asked my mother, he's like, you know, where are you guys going? And my mom was like, I don't know where we're going. He says, well, you know, he introduced himself and he started talking and he asked my mom for her name. So my mom said her name and he says, oh, I know someone by the, the same last name as yours, but he's my pastor. So my mom was like, oh, okay, well, you know, my dad is the pastor, so I don't know if it's him. So the guy says, well, my pastor's name is George Wilson. My mom says, well, that's my father, right? Turns out, worlds apart, this man shows up on the side of the road who is who my grandfather had been shepherding. So this guy takes us in, right? We ended up not going to the refugee camp. We ended up staying in his house. So it was nine women. He said he only had one spare bedroom and that he would give it to us. And so we took it. Mm. 
And we stayed in that room without food, without wow, women, whatever. But we just knew um, that for us, it was safe, right? Um, and so fast forward, um, we, you know, eventually find our way um, out of Liberia on a refugee cargo ship to Ghana, your hey! home country. <laughs> I love my sister. We ended up side note, Kate. Daniel was also on that ship and I didn't know. Oh my god. Oh, this is getting juicy, (laughs) y'all. Y'all know who Daniel is. Don't say anything. Let's just keep going. (laughs) So so we we fought and, and 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 when I say we got on a cargo ship, I mean we were hauled onto the cargo ship in shipping containers hmm. because because the cargo ship was not meant to carry passengers. It was only meant to come and bring in supplies for the um for the soldiers that were helping the international community soldiers that were he- helping to fight the war against the rebels. So it wasn't meant for. It wasn't meant for passengers, right? But they had to figure out a way somehow to get people on board because we were we had been sleeping in the port for days trying to get get out. Mm-hmm. So they hauled ten thousand people on board that ship, and wherever you landed on the ship was where you stayed for three days because you there was no like real movement, right? Um. When I tell you, so we're standing on the, on the, on the, what do you call it, pier? We're standing on the pier, right? And this guy walks up to us. He's a Ghanaian um, soldier. He walks up to my, uh, he walks up to my sister and he says, he says, hello. And he says, where's your family? And so my sister's like, my mom, you know, pointed all of us out. And so my mom had a little pouch. Um, with her jewelry, right, um, like gold. So she had a little pouch with her gold, and she gave it to the guy. She says, "This is all I have, but if you can get me and my children on board that ship, I will give it to you." And the guy looks at her and he's like, "What?" So he says, "No, I don't want your money." He says, "But I'll help you get on." So he comes and you know he shows he tells us how when the container comes you have to get in and. So we do all of that. We finally make our way on board the ship. And he takes us to this little corner and he says, sit right here. I'll be back. And he walks away. And we're just sitting in a little, a little nook in the ship, like with a bunch of people around us, not knowing what, like what he's talking about or whatever. About 20 minutes later, he comes back and he comes back with another guy. And he points to us and he says, listen, these are my these are my Liberian family. I need you to please take care of them um, and just help them with, with whatever they need. And so the guy was like, oh, okay. Turns out the guy that he introduced us to was the captain of that ship, mm. who was his brother. Mm. Okay. So this man takes care of us the entire time we're on the ship. Even when we got to Ghana, 
he took us to his house for us to stay for three months mm. until my mom could figure out what to do with us, right? Um, in in all of that, and and we, you know, going back to when you're going through hardship and how you respond, I've never experienced suffering mm. like I did in those mo- in those months. You know, <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, I told someone a, a while ago, I said, I still feel like I could use therapy, even 30 something years later, I still feel like I, I could use therapy because the kinds of things that we saw, um, the kinds of death and hunger and, and, Ooh, and destruction that we saw, mm-hmm. no child should ever have to see that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so you live with those things. But even in those moments, Kate, I tell you, in that room with those nine women, every single night, we knew how to worship and how to pray. Every single night. And because so because we had a curfew, so from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., we had to be in the house and the rebels would pass around your house. If they heard you making noises, they would come in and kill people. Mm-hmm. So even with our worship, it had to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Like you can't talk too loud, but God thank you anyway, kind of thing. Um, for me, those are the things that I remember that, that, keeps me that even when I find myself going through hardships, I still know how to say thank you, God. Mm. So. Mm. <laughs> so everyone, you know, I keep saying so many places to go. <clears throat> <clears throat> the description that you give about the civil war, but most importantly, even what you and your family went through during that time, you know, reminds me of, you know, it, it's kind of like, slavery you know when you think about the transport from Mm -hmm. one part of the continent to another part of the continent even if it's just you know a few countries between it is still just you know as dear sisters as you're listening you know it's it's not like they were moved from africa to the united states it's not but it's still yeah suffering in its own yeah. like in a shipping container for those of you who don't know what a shipping container google it you see what it looks like you know <laughs> and imagine people in this thing in this container yeah. not just two people yeah. not just three mm-hmm. people not just a mm-hmm. hundred people you know mm-hmm. and having to stay in one spot for three days yeah so when Kim says you know coming all the way to California at some point in her life and you know leaving a job she yeah. has to know that I've been through worst. Absolutely. I've been through, I've been through worst. So yeah. hearing the voice of God and knowing that my season is done in this job yeah. and I have to move yeah. on, even if I don't know how he's going to provide, I yeah. know that my faith is going to carry me through. Yeah. Even the and it's worship, also about obedience too, though. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. the worship reminds me of two people, at least two people that come to mind in the Bible, Daniel and Peter is Peter yeah. is the one that worshiped till the jail doors, the jail broke, doors right? open. Yeah. 
And then Daniel, you know, when yeah. King Nebuchadnezzar was like, hey, y'all can't praise yes. God. Don't pray out for people <laughs> to see, da, da, da. Yeah. And he's like, uh, y'all, yeah. you know, I'm just yeah. going to do what I have to do. And yeah. they worshipped. You guys worshipped. Even if you had to be like silent, Quiet. you were still worshipping. You can worship yeah. in your heart. I always Absolutely. tell people, you know, worship is not just the verbal. Yeah. You know, yeah. How how yeah. else? How else? You know, can can women? And I I'll focus on women because this is mostly women that listen. <laughs> but how else can we as women, when we are going through suffering, mm-hmm. worship God? We'll come. We'll talk about thanking God, but worship yeah. God when yeah. you know that you know your spirit is so despondent, like it is so yeah. weak, and yeah. you don't. You you're like Lord, I don't. How else can you encourage? our dear sisters to worship? So, you know, when I think of worship, I think of, um, you know, when when in the Bible, when it talks about the angels, um, because of God's majesty, um, it's almost like they're at a loss for words. And so they're just saying, holy, 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 right? Sometimes I think you can, you can, because people equate worshiping God to like music, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, it mm-hmm. has to be like music. Um, whereas sometimes it can just be a song in your heart mm-hmm. or um, it can just be, um, um, it can be words that you continue, you know, that you repeat over and over, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. It can be words that you worship God through. So um, sometimes for me, my worship is, um, I can, you know, I can go back to referencing what God says in his word. Well, God, you said this in your word, so I'm just going to use this word. Okay, so um, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he, you know, and I, I find that sometimes just repeating that, mm-hmm. repeating that is a form of just worshiping. Mm-hmm. Um, when we when we wait for the music and whatever else, sometimes it never comes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think learning to just go in mm-hmm. um, and remember what who remember who God is, not necessarily what He's done for you, right? But remembering who God is, that he is a sovereign God. He is the I am that I am. He is the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega. He is um, our good and faithful God. I think when we start to remember um, God from that perspective, worship becomes just our thoughts to him, our words to him. So I think um, for me, I don't, I don't, I don't wait for the music. Um, sometimes I find that I can worship God when I'm just walking around my house and I'm just like, you know, um, remembering who he is and I'll repeat something he said or I'll talk to him about a promise or I'll talk to him about a testimony or something like that. Um, I worship God also through how I interact with other people, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I think sometimes it's important for us to realize that 
the posture of our hearts have to be so on point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot be, you cannot, you, like you can deal with stuff, right? We can, you can, we can deal with stuff, but it's just how we posture ourselves um, in response to the stuff that we're dealing with. Um, so I find that even in my despair, even in my gloom or whatever, if my heart is still willing to pour out or um, or to receive, right, then I know that I can still worship God even in spite of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah worshipped, her worship was just crying to God, right? Eli thought she was crazy mm-hmm. or drunk, but she wasn't. She was just, wor- that was her way of worshipping God, but she was just on her knees, crying, talking to him. Mm-hmm. So worship can come come in different forms. It just I think it depends on how we ch- how we choose to see the moment. We can either see it as this is never going to end, this is always going to be, or we can see it as okay, I'm in it. God, what are you trying to tell me about it? Mm-hmm. And once he starts to show us, then it's like, okay, so I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to switch how I'm thinking about the situation, mm-hmm. right? And I think worship, it just becomes, it, it, it takes on a form of its own. Mm-hmm. I hope I made sense. It makes sense. And, yeah. you know, I believe that the calling on my heart is to walk with people through suffering. Basically, yeah. you know, I can put so many cute words on it and all that, yeah. but the Lord yeah. showed me one day, he's like, you can put whatever you want on it, but your <laughs> job is to help women through suffering. I said, like, nobody wants to hear that. Like, hey, I'm here to help you through suffering. No, right. <laughs> it's like, people don't want to suffer. And you're here to help me through suffering. Get me out right. of here. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and, <clears throat> Even what today, um, you know, Pastor Johnson was talking about with um, how you relate to people and people yeah. now is happening around us all the time. Yeah. And, you know, when you've been, when the Lord has helped you remove that thing from your eye, that oh, point from your eye, right? Girl. That's when you begin to see how you can even help another person yeah. kind of walk yeah. through whatever it is that they need to walk through and become free from. Yeah. And yeah. I know that worship, it's a feeling and it's also yeah. a practice that we ought to yeah. have. His word talks about, you know, worshiping God with our body. Our body is his temple. And that's like mm-hmm. the first thing that he's asking us to do. And what I hear you talking most about is it really comes from the heart. Your worship mm-hmm. comes from the heart. Absolutely. So in order for me to even have that feeling of mm-hmm you know, thank you, Lord, or the joy yeah. of the Lord is my strength and all yeah. that. That yeah. heart posture, your heart posture Absolutely. is so important. And Absolutely. let's talk about heart posture because people are like, heart posture is like, you know, heart <laughs> posture. What is heart posture to you? Let's talk about that. So, um, so there's one of my favorite songs. Um, is by Elevation Worship. Um, I don't know if it's the exact name of the song, but the song says, um, what would you do if he walked into the room? Mm-hmm. Right? 
So last week, um, I was going to a meeting and um, they had asked me to do a blessing for the gathering of women. And so I kept, I kept asking God and praying to God and saying, God, I want you to help me with a word. I don't want to just go and just speak Kim, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to speak Kim. I want, I want you to give me something for your daughters. Um, and so Kate, I prayed that on Monday. I prayed that on Tuesday. I got up on Wednesday morning and I prayed that and I heard nothing. And I was like, oh, I love it when that so, happens. Right. I'm like, oh, so you just gonna just pretend like I didn't ask you for something. So Wednesday morning, I get in my car and I said, okay, I turn my radio, I turn my music on and I was just in this space. And that song came on. And the song basically says, what would you do if Jesus was to just walk into a room where you are? What would you say? How would you pray? Right? What would you do? And then the Holy Spirit said, posture. And I was like, oh, that's what you mean. Oh, okay. So I got it, right? So... In that moment, and I think I think I can share what I shared with them, it is when when people talk about posture, right? You kind of come up right, you want to sit up, you want your back to be like up straight and you want to be like all, you know, whatever. So physically, we know how to posture ourselves when when people, you know, when people are talking to us, right? When you want to pay attention to someone. Or when you think about people in the military, when, they, when they're standing at attention, you know, that kind of thing, right? It's their posture, right? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to my heart's posture, it's I want to be at the same attention when I know that Holy Spirit is about to speak to me. Like, I don't want to be all thinking about everything that's going on around me. I want to be laser focused to make sure that I hear God when I'm in a Face, right so for me my heart posture is him um forget about everything else that's going on forget about all the worries or whatever um fix your heart so that when God starts to speak you can hear him right so even when I was driving the other day and I just kept asking God to give me a word because I was in worship when he spoke to me mm -hmm. I heard my heart was postured to hear him. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here like when when you and your spouse are getting into that argumentative state. Yeah, yeah. And you posture your heart, you Girl. definitely will hear what God wants you to do. Exactly. And most times it's shut up. Don't don't <laughs> say that thing you want to say. <laughs> because you create you create this sanctuary in your heart for him to come in and do yeah. what he does best and the first thing he's going to do is he's not going to point your heart to see your heart he's going to point your heart to see you inward in yeah. the situation like he's going yeah. to be like no girl let's 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 deal with yeah. this first yeah you know and yeah. when he's dealing with you first he's going to say humble yourself keep yeah. quiet listen yeah. more talk less yeah. all those yeah. things that i was just talking to my small group about this uh yesterday all those things that 
sometimes our personality is like, ooh, no, you know, because yeah. our personality, it's a gift that God has given us. It differentiates yeah. who we are from the other person, but he yeah. didn't give it to us so that we would just marry to it and not be yeah. able to hear him when it's time yeah. for him to be like, okay, can we just yeah. nurture this part of you a little yeah. bit? Yeah. I love the word nurture. And I love yeah. the word posture. When you yeah. posture your heart the mm-hmm. right way in the presence of God, he's always going to nurture you. Absolutely. When, when, you, oh. when you asked that, <laughs> when you said, if Jesus, you know, what would you do? I literally yeah. saw myself running to him <laughs> and being like, thank you. Right? Thank you. It, I mean, it's like, like in that moment, and I, and you know, it's like you, you think about it and it, it, it does something to you because then it makes you stop and think, Ooh, okay. I got to fix myself. You know, like I got to fix my thoughts. I got to fix my heart. Like I can't be that thing that I want to say. I can't say it, even though I know I'm right for saying it, but I got to, you know, yeah, it's, it's all about like what comes from our heart. Hmm. When you posture your heart in the presence of Jesus, he's going to nurture it. When you hear the word nurture, nurture, think of a mother, okay? Mm -hmm. And for some of you who get triggered by some of the words like mother, father, all that stuff, you know, in Jesus name, you're healed. Because I know there's trauma there with some people and some words, you know, especially when it comes to relationships and put in like these types of figures, like father figures and stuff like that with God. But when you nurture a good parent, a good caregiver nurtures and nurturing is kind of think of it as a seed when you plant a seed and you water it, you give it food, all those things. Eventually it grows into this beautiful plant that you adore. That's Mm -hmm. nurturing. It takes time. It takes attention. It takes dedication. It takes faithfulness. It takes commitment. It takes all those things. Yeah. To get this plant to yeah. blossom and be what, you know, it, it's meant to be. And all throughout scripture, you know, the nature of God is seen through agriculture. It's through, yeah. it's seen through nature. It's through, it's seen through so many things that represents yeah. the nature of God and nurturing for us. You know, when you posture that heart, meaning you, you know, you heard Kim say it, when you get to that place where it's kind of like, Lord, you know, I'm all like this personality of mine. I love it. I love it. It puts people in shape, but I know it also turns people away from me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm ready. Can you just kind of work with my soul a little bit? And he's like, yes, I can. Yeah. He's not going to say like, you know, he will show you when yeah. those traits, those parts of you can be powerful, can be, Absolutely. can be purposeful. And yeah. when you don't need to have your, you know, all that. So yeah. I was sharing with my small group yesterday. I said, you know, my walk with the Lord, I have learned to allow my personality to be nurtured by God. Yeah. And when there are moments where, cause I can be very quick with my mouth. Yeah. When there are moments where he's doing this to me. I need to allow <laughs> him to do this to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So nurturing, you know, you posture your heart and we've also talked about, you know, allowing this nurturing to take place. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we are going to kind of, we, so you've heard Kim's story woven throughout 
um, what she has shared with the posturing and also the obedience. You talked about obedience. I want to go into that next. Mm -hmm. So as you broke free and you got into this place that you've come to love Jesus, you adore him. He's your everything. And you are starting to break through, right? Mm. And I know at some point, Daniel came into the picture. <laughs> so you you broke through. Let's go into yeah. this breaking through season mm. where you found love again, you know, and mm. how that has been with creating a life that is purposeful for God. Mm. All right, y'all. So go ahead and tune into part two, which is episode 60 right now. And I mean, right now. <laughs>